explode them to the Old Man Orange podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, bringing you another Old Man Orange Presents via VHS episode. One of them from the rarities vault that we have from back in the day that just never got put out. So come join us for another fun-filled retro movie review. Let's jump on in. So welcome to another episode of the Via VHS Retro Movie Podcast. Um, I'm Wesley, as always, joined from the West Coast with my good friend Spencer Scott Holmes, the Renaissance Man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good tonight. You know, it's, it, it's a good day. Can't complain. Uh, I mean, I always can. Um, <laughs> but Skype is doing its best to thwart our efforts tonight. Uh, but I won't be denied. All right, 10-4 rubber duck. I'm going through. You're going through. You can't stop me. Yeah, it's just going to happen. Got you covered, um, pig pen. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What's up? Yeah. Um, so tonight, if you haven't already figured it out, um, obviously by the title of the episode, which pretty much gives it away, um, <laughs> I'm, we're going to be looking back uh, at Convoy from 1978. This is as far back as we've went so far on the show. We haven't even visited the 70s yet on the show. I think this is the, yeah. Yeah, the first I, I think the first 70s, one, yeah. at least for this section of via vhs that's definitely um yeah and it's good because i I love the 70s like as far as movie making goes i think that's one of the top decades of like pure fantastic films i mean i I think there's there's no such thing as a bad decade in you know movies like some people always want to go like oh you know this decade's not as good as this one like yeah you kind of argue it but there is some of those few where there's just like you get those just hardcore directors coming out, making all kinds of cool stuff, things you'll never, ever see again, and so on. And, you know, Sam Peckinpah is almost like the ultimate 70s director. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the trivia I was reading about this guy is just unbelievable. There was an outlaw attitude in general mm-hmm. in the 70s, and there's, there's an outlaw attitude to this film for sure. But, you know, all the guys coming up, whether it be, you know, well, not even coming up, just people who were at their height in the 70s. And then you also have the American Zoetrope guys. you got the Spielbergs and the De Palmas and Scorseses and Coppolas who are, you know, hitting, you know, hitting their stride. And, you know, they're all kind of changing the game and doing whatever they got to do. Um, so this movie kind of fits in that vein a little bit, the outlaw theme. And mm-hmm. Peckinpah, again, I think it's worth repeating. We, this is the second time we've done a Peckinpah movie. Mm-hmm. First time was on your show. Yeah, we did the getaway. Yeah, we did the getaway. Steve McQueen and Pekka Pother, best pals. And again, it's so weird when I look and read the trivia. Dude died literally the day I was born. Yeah, so you're just it's the so reincarnation weird. of him. Yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I'm Pekka Pother <laughs> with less cocaine and quaaludes. Exactly. It just, well, because he's yeah. like the definitive director when you think of the guy who's like just hammered on drugs and alcohol and staying up all night and he's making like these amazing pieces but you know that like that train can only run for so long before it just flies off the tracks you know fire and chaos coming down but like in that moment it's like it channels there's something about like the 70s that you can like sort of channel like all these drugs and still create something where i feel like if someone went to do it nowadays it would just crash and burn before they even got started but there there was like a balance that i think people got it's like almost like in the 60s they kind of figured out how to balance it and in the 70s they went with it and by the time the 80s came some of these guys just literally petered out by about that point but yeah that's <laughs> one way to put it that's one way to put it yeah this um this some cocaine cowboy element going on with this film for sure um if you've never seen convoy um I was going to say it's on Prime, but it's not. It's already disappeared. But I think you can see it. I checked it 
on Tubi mm-hmm. and Pluto if you don't have it or if you want to rent it somewhere. But it's actually this is kind of similar to True Lies where it's actually difficult to rent or buy uh, streaming. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to find a physical copy, which isn't always easy these days. So you know, speaking um, of True Lies, though, that came back on Prime. Like it was just like, I saw that. It's <laughs> like what the hell? it gave us all that warning. Like this is going away. You you better watch it. And so I'm like that, or you're gonna have to pull out that DVD copy. It doesn't fit. The- <laughs> yeah. widescreen TVs, and then all of a sudden it's back on there. So who knows? Convoy could be on here again in like the next three weeks. Yeah. I'm assuming what happened is because we re- we watched that in uh, January, mm-hmm. True Lies, and then it went away through the month of February and March to bring it back. So I don't, you know, yeah. who knows? <laughs> I can't figure it out. But yeah, but going into like Convoy and whatnot, this is one of those ones where it's like, it's a movie I've always wanted to watch. And I've always, mm. I think of that poster, because you just see Chris Christopherson, he's just standing there next to his truck, and Allie McGraw's on his shoulder, and he's got no shirt on, he's just looking as manly as can be, just like hanging out there and whatnot. And it's just like, I, I don't really know what this movie's about, but it's Sam Peckinpah, there's semi-trucks in there, like I'm pretty darn sold. <laughs> he's got Allie McGraw, like, okay, come on, like, do we really need to know more? No, you don't. And um, Christopherson, man, first of all, my wife's got a huge thing for Christopherson. He's got a house like a mile above me over here. What, for real? Yeah, he's got a ranch out here. Like, or I'm, not, I'm kind of wondering if he still has it to this day, but for many years he's had one. Mm, that's interesting. Oh, oh Christopherson, oh, Christoph, man. Yep. <laughs> he, he's just – he has that he, – he oozes charisma. Mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. You see him and you're like, oh, God, I want to get a beer with this guy. He's got great stories. That might not even be true. Yeah. But he just has that air about him. And he's not like tremendously versatile when it comes to music or acting, really. Mm -hmm. But he's just got this air about him. He's just so damn cool. Yeah. That's that's always kind of how he is because, you know, like in general, like. There's not like, you know, you think of him, he's in a lot of movies, but at the same time, it's like, there's not like tons of those, like, oh my God, remember when Chris Christopherson was like in this movie? You know, it's not like he gets like those Clint Eastwood roles or anything like that. But at the same time, whenever he's in a movie, you get real excited anyways. You're like, dude, I, I'm here to watch him. <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, he's had, I, when I was reading the trivia for this, there's a lot of things I didn't know about him, mm-hmm. uh, which is surprising because, you know, I kind of, that group of guys, that kind of highwaymen, um, you know, the Johnny Cash. I mean, my son's named Waylon, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, that's – I kind of dig that vibe. And my <clears throat> wife does too. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was surprised how much I learned about him. That He was like – he was like an Oxford Road scholar and uh, a helicopter pilot. Dude, just like – Army Ranger, like highly decorated. Yeah. <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. He, he's, he is a badass dude. Yeah. Um, Legit. So um, even if he's not the best actor in the world, he's just so cool that it, it works. Well, so think too, it's like, you know, someone says that maybe he's not the best actor or whatever. It's like he's got all these other talents that none of these other actors have anyway. Exactly. <laughs> he is, so exactly. he's the guy doing so many different things at once. So, you, you know, whatever. Yeah. He like was it? Uh, the, I don't know if you read that whole thing about him um, landing a helicopter in Johnny Cash's yard. To give him tapes because he wanted to show Johnny Cash he could sing, so he just landed just a land helicopter there. there and said, yeah. like, listen to my music, damn it! <laughs> Kicks down the door, comes in with an M16 in one hand. <laughs> Johnny Cash is like trying to, to pull a that. tractor out of the mud again. 
Oh, man. I could go on about Johnny Cash all night. But anyway, <clears throat> so Convoy 1978. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Chris Christopherson, obviously, in the lead role. You mentioned Ali McGraw, Ernest Bornine <laughs> in this film. I'm already laughing. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about this film before. I had never seen it either, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Um didn't know Burt Young was going to be in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't either. That was like the surprise when I saw the credits roll. Yeah, I was like, what? We got Polly. And his truck said Polly on it. <laughs> it's like Polly trucking. I love how, because like, yeah. it's like two years after Rocky, so you know that like they're just like, yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> Maybe he just thought, like, you know, they're probably not going to be in a Rocky movie anyway, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> didn't realize yeah, he'd be, he'd be like the longest like surviving character. Like everybody else seems to die away before Polly does. Yeah, that's true. Rocky just can't get rid of the freeload, like brother. He was there. He was in the sidetrack for a second. So he was there in Rocky, the the one we call Rocky Balboa, right? He was in that one, right? Yeah, that's the one I think where he passes away is in the the fifth one, yeah, the sixth one. I mean, yeah, yeah. So because then in Creed, in the new Creed movies, which are awesome, by the way, yeah, um, he he's not there. They kind of reference that. So, um. So we got um, Madge Sinclair, who I was just watching in um, um, Coming to America. I just watched mm-hmm. that the other day because the new one's coming out because I thought, why not? Well, it's one of the uh, best movies ever. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Might as well revisit this one, which I haven't done in a long time. Seymour Castle, Cassie Yates, you know, um, some semi-recognizable guys. Um, Bill Koontz. Um, essentially, this is, you know, Burt Reynolds era, so... Chris Alverson is as cool as he is. He's kind of like, okay, well, you want Burt Reynolds first for this movie. Yeah. And you can't get it. He can't play in every movie. So, oh, Chris Alverson was probably the backup. Yeah, because it kind of is. Because, you know, after Burt Reynolds, when you got Gator and White Lightning and so on and kind of setting all these movies in motion to have that kind of like truck driving, car chasing, escaping the law, you know, like – uh, that's a, one of my favorite I love those that genre of movies and you know it's it's a short run like it kind of goes from like early 70s to about mid 80s and then from about that point on you just don't see these movies too often anymore there there there's a few kind of remnants here and there I mean you could almost even say something like the Dukes of Hazard like remake in 2004 or whatever it was or 3 mm-hmm. you had there's that what's, there's that one with uh, Patrick Swayze where he's like black dog where he's like the semi truck driver kind of reminds me of that <laughs> Dude, I swear to you, hold on, not even 24 hours ago, I'll, I'll find it before this show's over, and I'm, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll prove it to you. Um, I literally just got that VHS last night. <laughs> Somebody gave it to me. That's a Lighting great off. movie, though. Like, Have you ever seen it that is. one? God. Yeah, man. Dude, of course I saw it. It has Randy Travis in it. It's just my boy. Hey, also from North Carolina, just down the road from Charlotte. There you go. Oh, Randy Travis. I um, love Randy Travis. Um, he played my great. He he played he played one of the youngers mm-hmm. in one of the movies. I can't remember which one he was. He played Cole Younger, I think, which was cool. So, anyway, that's way off topic. Um, I I am related to the youngers. That's what I was getting at, and so I like Randy Travis for that. Um, where was I going with all this? Oh yeah, so <clears throat> you were talking about the outlaw element and kind of like that adventure element that kind of existed in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am fascinated by, it, it wasn't just movies that had that. 
because I, I watch a lot of music documentaries. Mm-hmm. And like when you hear stuff about like a great one is the Eagles documentary or like uh, Muscle Shoals, there was this real sense of adventure just in general in the 70s, like these people going out on their own, like you know, late 60s too, and just kind of, you know, or with a group of guys just barnstorming the countryside or doing whatever it is they can do and uh, kind of like sticking it to the man, you know, living life their own way. And it permeated all the way through the movies, and you had a lot of good directors to bring that there. But like, it, it when watching a movie like this, it kind of reminds me of those documentaries and stuff, and and things like that. And uh, man, I'm just what a time to be alive. Yeah, well, it's just there. It's almost like it's like a very piratey time. I mean, nobody's like dressed up yes. like pirates, but it has like a very pirate feel. I mean, that's almost like that Southern kind of pride of that time period is that like, you know, you load up your car, you got like whatever kind of like job you're selling, you know, or hustling and whatnot. And then like you're fighting the law and, you know, going along and blasting tunes and so on and meeting people yeah. along the way. And sometimes you got your chimpanzee buddy with you. Clint <laughs> <laughs> Eastwood and Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like I, yeah. I, I love those like this is it's just like that southern era of filmmaking where they just made these really good you know movies kind of i remember there was a period too where they didn't think they were even gonna be able to sell that they're like who the hell is gonna go see these movies and obviously it sold to not only southerns but everybody in america and other countries as well too and they turn out to be big hits you know burt reynolds and so on but um this mm-hmm. one fits like directly in like the dead center of those kind of movies like right when the boom yeah. was really like exploding yeah. And Outlaw Country had a lot to do with that. Yep. And I think um, – well, they kind of go hand in hand. I think they kind of benefited from each other, just that whole attitude. And um, it really was that like looking back at that era that you mentioned, I, I really have not thought about it like I should living in the South and growing up in the South. But it really was like a big time. Um, my, my grandpa used to tell me stories um, slightly off track, but – there's a movie I want to bring up later that I think we should review Stroker Ace mm-hmm. about Burt Reynolds being in the area where we lived growing up huh. and like hanging out with this guy, Harry Gant, who was a race car driver. I've met Harry Gant a few times and he owned his race car. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, there was just, it was really except like Hollywood kind of uh, embraced the South a little bit. Um, there in the late seventies and stuff and really music and everything did. So, Man, that was that would have been a great time because now everybody hates us again. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's just a point. That's why I think about it. it's just like God, like because I was I was literally there was I was watching a Cheech and Chong movie yesterday, and Cheech and Chong had a Confederate flag there. So go figure. Like, <laughs> are you oh, going to call Cheech and Chong racist? <laughs> That's oh, all man. I thought about. It was just like, it yeah. was, it, you know, it's Ugh. like. It, you know, 1983, nobody would have thought of yeah. it, but like, you know, because I think people don't understand sometimes that that, that was the rebel spirit. Like they, they've gotten this all mixed match, confused thing, but like people weren't you, they, nobody was singing that as a racist element. That was like a very like, hey, you know what? We were high fly. I mean, look at even like, um, what's his name? And uh, eat your dirt. Um, oh, Opie from fucking Andy Griffith. Um. Oh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. I remember, like, he's got a, just a hat on in that one, just a southern hat, you know, Confederate flag. Yeah. Like, he's part of, like, you know, the Confederates and whatnot. And, like, once again, like, I, do you think Ron Howard was thinking, like, oh, yeah, because I'm wearing this hat, that's going to be a racist and so on. Like, I just think people just got real confused all of a sudden the last, like, handful of years. It, it was it, – there's a little bit of PC in that and also the fact that, unfortunately, and I'll I'll add my little two cents to that. A lot of people did use it 
nefariously. So when bad people use it nefariously and the good people who have good intent don't step up to do something right to fix it, yeah. that's where it gets out of hand. And it's it's been that's been going on my, my entire life down here. And I have mixed feelings about it. But I, I, I will say, though, on the good p- part of that is, you know, everybody likes to focus um, on the negative aspects of Southern culture and different things like that. Everybody's moving here. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it here. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it's so awesome. I've always – there are things to be very proud of. You can look and say, hey, we did this wrong mm-hmm. and these things need to be addressed and we need to get better about certain things but still be proud of it. And there, there is, there is some of the charm that's being lost just from when I was a kid till now and seeing movies like this, like convoy kind of reminds me of like my papa, you know, (laughs) and like stories he would tell me growing up and people he knew my papa had a CB in his truck. Mm -hmm. When we get down to to Florida every year, he'd be talking on the CB. I'm like, you're driving a 67 Chevy piece of shit. (laughs) These truckers. Well, that's I remember in like high school. That was the thing. It was like we had these CVs. And like, dude, we got to install these in the cars. Like, this would be so cool. It's yeah. just like the Deuce yeah. Hazard. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll have our own because you know this was still kind of a pre like you know if you had a cell phone, you were kind of rich. You know, so mm-hmm. it was still like proto like or if you did have it, you use it was like emergencies only. <laughs> like it was yeah, that point. Exactly. You didn't just call, but like man, like if I had a CB, boy, we we could just be driving around talking anywhere and so on like that. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we That's just cheapen awesome. out and we just use like the regular like walkie talkies, like the Cobra ones, which you know it's kind of like it's like a CB, but not as exciting. <laughs> it's still cool though. It is. It's, it's still really really cool. You know, so you Man. have that, and then I mean the other thing too is just you watch Convoy, and it's actually kind of funny because it's like this movie kind of embodies like sort of like the southernness, but it takes place in New Mexico, like Arizona. Oh which yeah, I, it's still a south. I mean, I, I always like to refer to like whenever like someone's in like Southern California, I'm like, oh, you come from the deep south then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. bunch of southerners down there yeah <laughs> but um i, I kid you not that you watch this and- yeah moonshining you know and doing all those like san diego things hanging out with tony hawk and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of those ones where like when you watch these like trucker movies like because I feel like being a trucker nowadays, I mean, you obviously you'd have a newer truck and so on. And, you know, there, there'd be those kinds of bells and whistles that came along with it. But I feel like the golden age of trucking is like it, it wouldn't be exciting nowadays like it once used to be. Like seemed mm-hmm. like back in the day, you're literally a road cowboy almost. You know what I mean? You just kind of oh, definitely. you go from town to town. You sort of set your own rules. You get a convoy of buddies together and you guys all work together and whatnot. It doesn't matter who anybody is like as long as you're part of the team and you, you know, kind of almost like unionize in your own special way. You you just see this and it's like this sounds cool. It almost even reminds me of like even like you take like Jim Croce. He has like songs about like when he was like a trucker and whatnot like that. It's just like that, that lifestyle, like that, like late 60s, 70s trucking, just that sounds like one of those ones. Like if you were a part of that, that was probably a very special time that can't be recaptured. No, it can't. It can't. My dad actually, well, he does for a living. He works for Freightliner. Mm-hmm. Helps to make trucks. Then, you know, they're super safe now. And really, I mean, it's definitely more comfortable to be a trucker now. Yeah. I mean, all the amenities and stuff that they have. I'm not. That's not making light of the job. If you are a trucker and you're listening to this, I'm not saying it's not hard. Trust me, I know it is. But I'm saying it's it's definitely more comfortable than it was back in the day. But you're right. It had that cowboy element, pirate element. Yeah. It's maybe we're romanticizing it too much, but I 
I like to think we're not. <laughs> well, it seems like, Mac, you know, you watch Convoy, and I kid you not, it literally feels like this is like, you know, Han and Chewbacca <laughs> of, like, the 70s. <laughs> you know? It is. Cruising around, smuggling stuff and whatnot. I mean, you know, these guys technically aren't smuggling anything. They're doing everything kind of, le- you know, legal. But, you know, it just has this cool element. Like, I'm just watching this, and it's just, like, it's such a cool, like, you want to be there. Like, even though, like, the the law's after you and the bear's coming down. But it is a thing, <laughs> like, man, does this look like it's, I, I want to be part of this team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Got a bear in the air. Yeah, it's um. So okay, let's kind of dive into what Convoy is about, actually, because it's honestly the first. This movie's kind of convoluted. It's it, it's just kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. It's you can't really figure out why the characters are making some of the decisions they're making or what's really going on, and this just seems all of it seems unnecessary. And then this movie does really find itself. Um, towards a little bit past halfway and it gets really, really good. It was good in the beginning, but it kind of, it's weird. So essentially Chris Christopherson is just, he's for some reason, he rubber duck. Mm-hmm. That's his, uh, that's a CB handle. And he's, he's the hero. He's everybody wants to be him. Everybody follows him. They look up to him. It's kind of, you know, womanizing kind of, you know, got a girlfriend's and every little, you know, truck stop. I mean, he's just living the yeah. cowboy lifestyle, really. Yeah. Before we go further, so did you, when you were watching this, okay, so one mm-hmm. element, um, before we get to the, um, the the deep part of the plot, Curtis Bornine is like, the, oh, I can't remember his name now, all of a sudden. Lyle? Yeah, yeah it was like Dirty Lyle or something like that. Dirty Lyle, yeah. Um, so... When this movie really kicks off, they're at this like truck stop, and then Chris Christopherson's got his girlfriend there, but he's kind of like you know eyeballing some other girl, and he goes into the truck to um, to fornicate with this this lovely young lady. Yeah, the waitress. Did you, yeah, did, did you pick up on the fact that that was Ernest Bornine's wife? Well, it's weird because I. I... I didn't think anything of it when I was watching the movie. That didn't even cross my mind. It's just like, it's a waitress, whatever, like that. And then when I was kind of reading stuff later on, they're like, is it his wife or is it his daughter? And like, it kind of like went back and forth, yes. like that it could be because there's, they only have like a couple moments. Cause there's a part where like once, like, I guess once you kind of get the story rolling and it's like the, the interesting thing about this, it's almost like the fact that it becomes like, it, like a small incident just snowballs into this massive thing and it's almost like the characters themselves don't really know what to do about it and whatnot no. but that's why they just kind of are almost kind of not really running from it but they're like they're trying to carry on with their lives but then the police just keep like up in the ante to like stop them because they got nothing better to do obviously but um yeah but there's a but it's weird because it's like there's just only like two lines that he talks with that waitress but he says something like we'll talk about it when we get home and I'll say this, yeah, I feel so, like I could see that being more his daughter than his wife. I mean, I guess I, Ernest Borgnine, maybe he does. <laughs> maybe that is his wife. But yeah. I feel like that, you know, there. And maybe it might be, this is one of those movies that, like, when Sam Peckinpah originally put this together, he just, he turned in, like, a four-hour cut of this film. And I think he was serious <laughs> about it. <laughs> like, here, take it. And then they cut it out, and then, of course, that made him angry. They're like, you cut out all my material in there, and so on like that. And it'd be interesting to almost see. This is like that perfect example. I really wish movies like this, when when you know that there's all this footage sitting around, it doesn't have to be the new version of it, but, like, could you just put a special edition version together? Like, this day and age, I mean, like, 
it's I mean, I know it costs money to do that, but like it's not like it cost before. You just gotta scan I don't care, that'd be the greatest looking thing. Just scan that footage in, get somebody to sort of edit together that that take again, because I would love to see what that extended stuff is, because I bet you that might explain that daughter thing or wife thing even better. Yeah. It it was intended to be his wife. Mm-hmm. But and I was starting to wonder that because it would make more sense why he was just he hated um, rubber ducks so much. Dirty Lyle hated rubber ducks so much, and then it just like even I was just thinking, oh, that'd be a cool wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I was like, oh, that'd be really cool if they did that. Um, but yeah, so I can't even I barely remember how the, the beginning of this film goes. The very beginning. Well, it's like they're speeding along, trying to you know make good time. There's like the four main characters. And then, like, all of a sudden, they're, like, they run up along the... Oh, there's a police officer scanning, so they slow down, but he still pulls them over. And then Ernest Borgnine gets out, and he pretty much just, like, you know, says, Hey, well, you guys are speeding, so I, I want 50 bucks from you each. And then it keeps climbing up or something like that. Or it might have started at 30, and he keeps going, 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 and mm-hmm. whatnot. And, you know, Hustler. Rubber rubber Duck's just like, you know what? We'll, we'll pay it. It's okay. Fine. Whatever. We'll continue on and so on. But then it's like... As they keep going, it's almost like he trails behind them and then follows them to the diner there. And that's when it all kind of comes together and it turns into this big brawl and so on because he goes up to um, uh, Spider Mike, of course, like the poor yeah. black guy in the movie, and starts hassling him, saying he's a vagrant, though he's got his own truck, you know, and whatnot. He's doing his thing, but he's getting hassled and so on. And then, of course, the fight starts and then Chris Christopherson comes in, saves the day. You get a great brawl. I mean, the thing about you this get movie... You a really, really good brawl. This movie is shot so well, too. It's one of those things... I mean, it's a Sam Peckinpah movie, so you kind of expect that. But, like, everything about, like, the fights look great. I mean, just the driving scenes. Like, it's probably one of the best shot driving movies of, like, this time period. I mean, there's cool angles all the time. Kind of those shots you just don't... You almost wouldn't expect even in an older movie and so on, where they just get them from just, like, these you know, interesting angles around the semi-trucks and whatnot. And, yeah, coming up to, like, that brawl and whatnot just escalates and just tears the place up and whatnot. And then the guys are like, they tie, tie the police officers down to, like, the tables and, like, we got to get out of here and take on off. Like, this is just yeah. escalated way more. Like, all we're doing was backing up our buddy, and next thing you know, we're running from the law. Yeah, it was – it really kind of escalates in a weird way, and you can't they, – they lightly introduce, like, a subplot about – they, well, they don't do a good job of introducing the subplot about Lyle's wife. And then there's also – they barely mention union, being the the union, mm-hmm. like a trucker's union. Yeah. Like, hey, when we get together, you're not going to be able to you know, hustle us anymore like this and stuff. And I think that was one of the big ideas of the movie, that this was the beginning of that. Like all these truckers getting together and being like, you're not pushing us around anymore and messing with us. Um, but yeah, they, they leave this um, – Awesome brawl, which you're right, was shot very well. And when you're talking about the, the shots in this film, the only film I can think of around this time frame that was equally as good, maybe even slightly better, was the original Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, about the same, I think maybe the year after. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty darn close. Yeah, actually, I think it might be before. I think it's 77 almost, but I could be wrong. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's around this, this time frame. And both these movies are shot really well, but... Yeah, essentially, they there's this one little tiny altercation with Ernest Borland's character just bullying him and harassing him, and he's just trying to up the ante and really trying to get Spider Mike in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, when they peel out, this convoy first starts little and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the thing, I, how does why does Ali McGraw why is she even there? 
Well, her like, she's she starts off in the beginning. And she's got like what kind of vehicle is she driving in there? She's driving like a. That's the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yeah, because remember, and like she's speeding along, and she kind of like, you know, they're just they think it's kind of playful and so on. And then of course, cops come by and whatnot. Or I guess well, because they even throw her under the bus at that one goofy cop at the very beginning there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, and then her her vehicle ends up breaking down. It's like she's got to get. I almost want to say she's got to get the Texas, but well, maybe because of the escalation, they start going the opposite direction because then they're driving through New Mexico, kind of going towards Arizona. She said she had to catch a plane to get to Texas, so maybe he was going to take her to the airport. I don't know. <laughs> it's really it's, the way they get her involved in this film is really just it's <laughs> ham fisted just to get her in that truck. I, well, I really will say it's like it's one of those ones. Like I know that like Ali McGraw is like the big actress. To, she's almost like at the time period. This is like your real huge selling point is you got Ali McGraw in here, and I feel that that's the thing. What they want to do is they just want to get. How we get Allie McGraw in there? Well, she needs a ride, and Chris Christopherson is going to give her a lift, and that's kind of like they almost by this day they should have just made her another trucker. Geez, you got as many of them there too. Like, why couldn't she just be one of the other truckers? Yeah, I like. I mean, that. They, they got female truckers in there, so it's not like it's you know wouldn't have been kind of weird for the time or anything like that. Like that's why I think it's kind of interesting about this movie. This movie just got like all walks of life for driving these trucks. Like it's almost like yes. I think it's, there's a lot of like symbolization in this movie of like kind of like hey you know in truckers we kind of have freedom, we accept everybody, Every, anybody can be part of the team and whatnot as long as you're hardworking, you know, and you're you know good you know team player and what have you. Like it's got this very broad kind of feel to it, you know, and I think it's kind of shown that the police officer and this one are kind of like they're just kind of a little bit behind the times they're they're stopping the progress of like business and what have you mm-hmm. but yeah they, they get yeah, Ellen McGraw kinda, in there <laughs> yeah it's it's very willie nelson yeah it's totally that so anyway as they're going along down the road the movement starts growing the convoy starts growing people start introducing themselves and random randomly and i'm mississippi mike i like saltwater taffy that kind of thing and then um one of the trucks flip over while they're going through a town, and you said that was like, like not supposed to happen. Yeah, apparently they were just making those turns, and one of the trucks flipped over, and they're like, "Yep, we'll we'll just put that on the movie." Then that's what happened. Then you know, because yeah. her, her name was like Black Widow. It wasn't Black Widow. It was Widow. Oh, what was it? Was, it? it was something Widow. That's what I remember. I want to say Black Widow. But it's like no, no, not like the Marvel character, but yeah, <laughs> um. Yeah, so, yeah, her truck flips over. They get her in one of the other trucks. And they're just kind of moving on down the road, and Dirty Lyle's chasing them. They have this weird kind of Dukes of Hazard stunt where he goes – I think he goes to a chicken coop or something. Oh, well, yeah, he, like, shoots off and goes to the top of, like, a barn and explodes everywhere and whatnot. And then, like, I like how they even check on him. He's just, like, down there, like, the old man, just like, oh, be like, okay, you'll be fine. Just don't worry about us now. You learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah, let us go, but he doesn't. Lyle never gives up. It's very, yeah. it's very much Roadrunner Wally Coyote throughout yeah. this whole film with those guys. Um, I mean, it, it's you know just like smoking the bandit, where like they will stop at nothing to like get him. Oh yeah, this is very very much like that. And um, basically, these truckers right now at this point are trying to get to New Mexico because they think this thing will completely end if they go into another state, another jurisdiction. So that's basically what's going on. They go through this dusty road and do all that. And we're not going to go through the entire plot, but what basically happens as this movie's going is this thing turns into a movement. And as these people are, you have reporters and stuff, the governor's getting involved. Everybody's trying to figure out what this movement is. Everybody's, a lot of different people are trying to capitalize on it. 
you know, politically, financially, and they ask Chris Christopherson what it is, and he's pretty much stoic throughout the whole. He, he has the same kill throughout the entire movie, pretty much. Well, I, I like because what it really reminds me of is you know in Forrest Gump when he decides to go running. He's, just, he's literally just running, and everybody's like, "What are you running for? You gotta have a reason." There's something like this. He's like, I just want to go running. That is literally I what this movie is. Run. <laughs> I was running. Yeah, he, um, Chris Christophs is just like, uh, we just started driving, and you guys started attaching stuff to us. We're yeah. literally just trying to do our job. That's like at the end of the day, it's just like I'm trying to get to work. In a sense, yeah. Well. When they stop at that one point, they have that like kind of little party, which looks fun as hell. Like they're singing songs and everybody's showering this together. Outdoor shower, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's so damn cool, man. They got this place set up so well. Like I want to hang out with these people so bad. Uh, but you know, Christopherson and Ali McGraw have a little bit of a dialogue, and it's he's like, you know, they want to know what this thing is, and. Basically, he says, I want to know. What, I don't even know what this thing is. I don't know what's going on. The governor's there. And that's when they figure out that, that Lyle, who separated himself from the pack because his wife's about to pop. Or uh, he, Spider Mike. Spider Mike. Not Lyle, sorry. <laughs> um, Spider Mike that separates himself from the pack, they beat his ass and throw him in a prison in Texas. Yeah. And that's the thing that's kind of interesting is this like there's this almost like this movement thing going on. People look at like Chris Christopherson like he's the leader. It's like, no, one of my best buddies is in jail and I'm going to go get him out of there. I don't care about this movement's not me. And like I was literally just trying to get away. And it's like my buddy's yeah. in jail. I'm going. And so, of course, you know, Polly joins in and a couple of the other main crew. And they just go and they charge into that Texas town. And that part's really awesome where they just they, the semi trucks almost come like maximum overdrive style and just start <laughs> there's like businesses there. I'm like does that business have anything to do with uh the police jail there just you just ran through like someone's like flower shop <laughs> yeah well i actually really like how that whole scene was executed that was probably my favorite part of the movie where when duck he after this meeting with the governor and he's all pissed off and he finds out um spider mike is all beat up in uh in uh, Trucker's Hales, they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he decides to go off. They're like, My uh, rubber duck, you really leaving? And he just looks at them all Christopherson like and gets in his truck and starts it up. But as he goes down the road, he's all alone. He just stops and idles. And then you see the other trucks go all uh, come up. His really close friends, the guys he trusts. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because you, you knew that there was this unspoken thing like, Hey, I'm going down the road. You meet me there. We're going to go beat some ass. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like they, they really just had it. Like you know what? And you know and that was the thing though too. It's like because they were using Spider Mike as like the bait. The police officers are like, "Hey, we're gonna get oh, Chris yeah. Christopherson this way. We're gonna get the duck." You know, but Chris Christopherson's like, "You know what? Doesn't matter. I know it's I know it's sort of a trap. But I'm going in anyways." Yeah, he's he's man. He's Chris Christopherson. You mean stopping him? He's he's Mister Outlaw. Yeah, the with the Oxford. And, and then I also, the other thing I think about too, even with like his, you know, one, I mean, that, you know, you, you always heard throughout life, you're like, hey, 10 4, rubber duck. And I just kind of went like, oh shit, that's, that's where it came from is this movie. You know, I mean, I guess you can oh, kind of yeah. say technically the country song that this movie's based on, you know, which is kind of interesting. I love how, like, you, very rarely do you see that, like, a movie based off a song. <laughs> it, it only happens in country songs, I feel like. Well, because country songs have stories in them. 
You yeah. know what I mean? That, that, that's the difference because you get those ones where it's like, hey, there's a three act story right there on that song, you know? But yeah, um, I think they made a movie out of that Reba McIntyre song, that fancy song. Oh. I don't know. There, there's a couple of her songs I think they made a movie into, actually. Yeah, well, I could see that and so on, you know. Yeah. But um, um, the other thing that's kind of interesting, too, is like I was thinking is the little rubber duck emblem. I guess I just well, wouldn't have known it before because I hadn't seen the movie yet. But like in Death Proof, I like how Quentin Tarantino yeah. puts that on on Kurt Russell's car. Yeah, I, I um, was trying to figure out where I recognized that from. Yeah, it, it took me a moment. Me. Yeah, I was like, it, it wasn't until I read the trivia that I'm like, oh, okay, that's where it kind of clicked. But um, yeah, that was really, really cool. And the whole, the whole end scene and everything is, is kind of crazy. Well, actually, I should take that back. There's like, this is kind of, this has a couple endings as well. <laughs> kind of like Beastmaster where it's like, oh, it's over. Don't wait. Wait. <laughs> wait a second. No, it's not. It, there's there's going to be another big ending to this. Um, because when they broke Spider-Man out of prison, I felt like they could have ended it there. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, Christopherson and D- Dirty Lyle that have their little dialogue back and forth. And uh, he's like, it's not over for me. And Christopherson's like, it's over for me. And he leaves. I'm like, okay, this the movie's going to end. I'm like, oh, there's like 20 minutes left or 15 or so. Uh-huh. Something's about to happen. <laughs> and it, well, it's, but, uh, you, you get the very like Western, like, we're going to Mexico. It's the only way left. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their only option. He's going to Mexico, and he's got Polly with him, or mm-hmm. uh, Pigpen. Yeah. Well, he had a different name at the beginning of the movie. Love Machine, I think it was. Yeah. yeah it's, that it, sounds like such a Paul. That sounds like the total Polly name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and they just said, no, you're Pigpen because you stink. And whatever happened to the pigs? Yeah, that's a good question. Does he still have? Is he still carrying them around? Because poor Spider Mike always know. had to be behind Pigpen. And he had, you know, his windows down and whatnot. And he was like, of course, all the pigs. You'd think they'd put Pigpen at the very end if he's got all the stinky pigs with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, they uh, at the beginning, he's carrying pigs. And that's why they call him Pigpen. And then you don't really see him again. And before we get to the very end, one thing that I was kind of disappointed with this movie about, but I guess it makes more sense the way the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's a roadblock scene middle way through the movie. And this is actually a really good, well-executed scene too. This is to me where the movie started getting really, um, well, a little bit better put together, a little bit more coherent, mm-hmm. um, was when they're coming up on that roadblock and, and then there's, you got the bear in the air. Bear is, um, lingo for, uh, cops if you haven't figured that out yet kind of relate to the, uh, the smoky the bear like it's kind of weird it's like it's almost like they get to the forest service or the fire department confused with like i always kind of wonder yeah. how that comes it's like because they call them smokies and bears meaning you know like smoky the bear but i'm like uh you know smoky the bear doesn't work for the police office <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe it was like the brown uniforms a lot back back then they're always wearing brown i felt like maybe maybe, maybe that's maybe good. that's what it was then yeah yeah maybe uh Oh, sorry. I just knocked something over. Wow. That it was sounded like scary. a cassette falling. <laughs> I think it was. It's probably Black Dog. But um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So they're coming up on this roadblock, and then uh, they're like, how are they going to get out of this? It's kind of was first time I was actually in suspense in the whole movie because at the beginning, it's just so silly and goofy and kind of stupid, honestly, that you're just like, ah, oh, let's go with it and have fun. Mm-hmm. But this part of the movie actually was really good. 
And then the the bear in the air realizes that he's, you know, rubber duck is carrying chemicals. So they got to move the roadblock because if he runs into everybody, everybody's going to blow up and die. And I thought what they were going to do at the end of this movie is be like, psych, I wasn't carrying anything. I had an empty load the whole time, <laughs> you know, carrying it in my back pocket. But no, they, they, they blow that shit up. Yeah, well, yeah, it's one of those ones like this is still like you got to still have the big explosion. Even if it's in the 70s, people love a good explosion, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, I think of like the, a lot of these kind of car movies, like the guy would end up dying towards the very like vanishing point that's another one where like he shoots in there like i remember because a vanishing point like that movie he's like two steps away from coming past like in a sense where i live at and then they blow him up right there because it shows it on the map they're like there's yosemite he's gonna be here any moment and then boom but like and that was kind of the thing in a lot of those car movies is that the guy goes to the very end and, and dies and so on like this and this is where i actually do think if there was that um Sam Peckinpah extended director's cut, whatever. I bet you the ending was actually different in his because in this one, like it goes and there's a tank and they blow up the bridge. It's literally like the old fashioned old, you know, old West kind of thing, but just modernized for the seventies and explosion goes and rubber duck goes off the edge and whatnot and into the water, into the river and what have you. And then later on, they're having almost like a memorial service thing that's like huge. Of course, the governor's using it like as like, you know, his new like, you know, vote for me like campaign. But um, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like putting him up there as like, hey, he was a hero. You know, he's, you know, stood up for like truckers union and all that kind of things like that. And then you see Ali McGraw finds him with like the old like hippie, like Jesus freak people that have been like tailing along too. he's like back there with like a beard and survives. He's like, well, you don't think a, a duck can swim or whatever? Yeah, but I really don't feel so that that, that does not seem like a Sam Peckinpah like ending. I feel I feel like he would have died, and that would have been the end of the movie because that's a very '70s style. I feel like that almost shows that's coming into like an '80s style ending when you think about it. Yes. <laughs> well, I was going to say though, that's the one time you can pull that ending off though was late '70s mm-hmm. because the movie that was one of the trademarks of the '70s is movies in Chinatown. Yeah, movies had you know sad endings sometimes. And um, so I, I have a feeling that played out better then than it does now, especially if you will, or unless you have the context of 70s movies. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of cheesy and weird. And I knew I felt I kind of saw it coming a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did. I wouldn't have been shocked if he did die either. I was thinking, oh, OK, I, I could see this happening. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I feel it's one of those ones that both endings, I think, do work. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like that. But just because it's Sam Peckinpah and just because it's kind of that, you know, that 70s and so on, I bet you in the original version, he would have died. That that just seemed kind of like it. Like, he would have went down, you know, Butch Cassidy kind of style and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the one good thing about him not dying, though, in this one, and usually... Yeah, I'm for it if, if it serves a story. But he does get one over on Lyle at the end. Yeah, that is true. Lyle sees him, and he's like, you son of a bitch. He kind of mumbles in his breath, and I'm like, okay, that that actually is one really good reason to keep him alive, just to kind of like <laughs> F you to Lyle, you know? Yeah, no, no I, I do agree. I, I do like that, too. That's what I feel. It can kind of go technically both ways. There's not really one or the other <laughs> that's kind of better, but, like, I can kind of see it. And it is, yeah, he kind of gets there and whatnot, and, you know, Pretty much rides off into the sunset with the hippies and, you know, Ali McGraw. Everything works out. To who knows where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, this it's a fun movie. And obviously, we just pulled the shit out of it. So you've never seen Convoy. Watch it anyway. <laughs> Watch it anyway. It's it's fun. It's silly. 
Um, the film has about a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. I read some of the reviews for it. I can't say I disagree with a lot of the reviews. It's one <laughs> of those films. It's it's what I call the Rocky Four films. To to you know, it's I know this is bad. I'm watching this. I know this is bad. I don't care. It's not as good as Rocky Four. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Rocky, but, dude. Rocky Four is coming out with a director's cut from Stallone. He's, wait, what? L- literally, I saw some videos of Stallone. He's like, hey, I'm, right now. I'm, Working on editing a new version of Rocky IV right now. You know, I'm, I'm mixing the sound and everything. Look at me go! And he's out there doing it. It's like, oh shit. Like, Stallone's literally going back and putting together an extended director's cut of Rocky IV. Like, so it should be I out, cannot. coming out like any, you know, in the next month or two or three or something like that. I was like, dude, Rocky IV is already in my book is a perfect, like, 10 out of 10 film. So, like, if there's an extra extended cut of it and so on like that, I am, like, so sold. <laughs> we might have to honor that by going through the Rockies. We I, might I think have to. so. <laughs> But um, yeah, so like that, I can't remember where that got us all let off of. But yeah, well, I was saying that you know this movie is this movie's pretty dumb at times. It's it's kind of not well put together at times, and my, some of that might have to do with the cuts that they made to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where the movie, you know, in that movie it it works tremendously well, but that movie is actually hatcheted altogether. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's actually the original cut of that film is way, way different. It has a lot of plot points that when you're pointed out later on, you realize, Oh man, that there's, there's some things that are said in that movie that doesn't make sense. I would like that's the same thing with convoy mm-hmm. where some of the things that were con- convoluted and kind of weird and just didn't make sense were better explained in that original cut. But, um, despite all that, it's, it's, it's great fun. It yeah. really is. Well, yeah, because that's how I feel. Because I saw some of the reviews, and I think a lot of people, I'm like, they just obviously didn't get the movie. Some of those guys, like, I'm not saying the movie's, like, perfect, but, like, they, it's a hangout picture is what this one is. You're kind of, like, coming in just to sort of the trucker lifestyle. You get the lingo. You kind of see, it like, how they go about it. You get this Western aspect to it. And I, I don't know. Like, the whole way through, I'm like, I'm having a good time. I'm having fun when there is action and, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's, like, it's done well. It's shot amazing. The pacing's good. Even, like, there's some... It's just, like, some of the things aren't explained. But I almost feel like it's supposed to be almost like you're kind of along for the ride. And you just yes. met these people. But, like, and they're going to say, like, inside stuff. And you're not going to get it. But you're kind of there anyways. You know, you're only here for this two-hour trip. So you got to kind of absorb it all in. But um, I don't know. I, I actually love the hell out of this. I was really impressed. Yeah, it's it's um you know the seventies Max Fury Road, but with you know <laughs> <laughs> semi trucks. You know, but ba- yeah, with semi trucks and based on a country song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other than that, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah, um, well, Mad Max could almost be a country song. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm listening. Be an to Australian that. country song. Yeah, get some. Just throw some didgeridoos in there. It's just Australian now, um, <laughs> and how it works. Um, but yeah, so Convoy, nineteen seventy-eight. I had fun with this. I, I'm not going to say it's one of the best films that we've done so far. <laughs> I would, I would put it slightly above Beastmaster. Um, but it does have a charm to it, Chris. Christopherson is so damn cool. Ali McGraw is so damn cool. Yeah, and the characters are very lovable, and that mm-hmm. is one thing that drives this film. Is you, um, 
the villains are pretty stupid and you don't really like any of them and or even love to hate them mm-hmm. but but the camaraderie that they have with all these little characters it just seems so fun to be there yeah no it's it, it's just one of those ones like you can see why this I, i'm really assuming this has got to be one of those like top tarantino films that he probably really enjoyed as a kid oh god i bet so you know i mean yeah. sam peckinpah so i always feel sam peckinpah is very like proto tarantino anyways but yeah this one here i just feel like it has just a lot of those kind of moments i feel like even like when i would see something like jackie brown like you could just see like it almost has like the feel of just like hey you're just jumping around hanging out with these characters and so on seeing their lifestyle and like what they do it reminds me kind of like that yeah it's um it's really good it's um you know duel is not too about the same time <laughs> that, that's a great movie too yeah we should do duel sometime um, I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. I think I have. I've been in that truck. Oh, really? In the dual truck? It's oh. um this the guy that owns it. Well, I don't know if he still does, but a few years ago he did. Mm-hmm. Is um, ironically, we were talking about the race car driver Harry Gant. He's from Taylorsville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and that truck is also in Taylorsville, North Carolina. Really? Um, this guy owns it. Yeah, he just ran. He owns a bunch. He has a huge collection of all kinds of trucks, not all movie related, but he has that one, oh. and. Um, I tried to get him to bring it to the St. Jude charity event I was going to do. I was getting a bunch of movie vehicles there. Mm-hmm. I never ended up doing it, insurance reasons. But I did go to him, and I did sit in that truck, and it was pretty damn cool. Yeah, well, that, so, that's amazing right there. That, that's yeah. a classic was, cinema truck, if any. <laughs> yes, yes. It was really, really, really cool. So, um, But, yeah, uh, go check out Convoy if you could find it, if you have a uh, – physical copy you've probably already seen it before so um it's a fun movie um i'm glad we did the 70s we we'll have to go back to the 70s a little bit more mm-hmm. i agree it's one of my favorite time periods you know yeah. there's just so many great films and they're very interesting things because i feel a lot of these movies you just you just don't get movies like you did in the 70s you know anymore there's there's just something so special about that time period yeah there's something organic about the way they're shot too i can't really I can't really figure out what it is, but there's just some. There's a unique oh. look to them, and it. I can't. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it's because they sh- they shot so many movies like almost like documentary style, so it has like it feels like it's more real than like almost yeah. like because you know you think about movies like in the fifties and even like early sixties and so on, and you just got the perfect lighting and the perfect makeup and so on. And don't get me wrong, I like I, I like that look too, but then you just get these kind of grungy seventies and late sixties movies and so on where they're shot probably if maybe not even the greatest equipment and so on like that, but people don't have makeup on, they're sweating, they look real, it looks brutal and so on. The, the you know the environment, the conditions probably aren't great. It's like when you see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know what I mean? Like that almost kind of embodies like that. Feeling of like you can see why people thought that that might have been real you know, yeah exactly <laughs> you know it just yeah. has that that kind of like take to it and i feel like that's just 70s filmmaking in general you know everybody looks sweaty for some reason <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they just they just didn't hire that boy that used to come on by off the towel and you know take the sweat off yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah definitely check this film out i'll, I'll let everybody know uh so we're gonna Probably do one more episode, take a slight break because I'm going to uh, move. But I do have a video coming out. Uh, I will have some stuff in between. Um, so I sh- there shouldn't be a, a break in content. But um, I'll let everybody know what's going on. I'll have a little video coming out where I'm going to kind of update everybody on what's going on via VHS and where it's going, some things we're adding to it. 
I had a chance to plan some stuff where I, I went home and I'm filming some of the um, places I grew up going to because I have a feeling they're getting ready to be torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, the mall that I grew up going to and the movie theater I grew up going to are very popular on YouTube already. <laughs> I don't. It's weird. Dan Bell's been there and Ace's Adventures has been to the mall. Uh, so I thought I should probably go there and give my insight on that kind of stuff. So I'm going to do like a little nostalgia tour in a couple of weeks. Um, and then, um, so I've got some other stuff coming up, but I think in the near future, we'll be diving into more, um, uh, of the nostalgia topics, some extra things, maybe some TV stuff. I think I know Spencer would like to get into some cartoons or something animated <laughs> as well. I'm sure I, I can always do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, stay tuned for that, but. Anyway, any any uh any big shout outs, any big news, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um actually, by the time this episode might come out, it might be pretty darn close to Pizza Boys issue 12 being out there. So it should be around this give or take if anything. So you can always check out that comic book that I make, Pizza Boys, you go to oldmanorange.com. It's got all the information there. It comes up on Amazon Kindle and Comicsology and all that stuff. That's Pizza Boys, Pizza Boys of a Z. But um yeah, that, that that would be the big news right there. There you go. And it, it, it's even got a via VHS kind of theme because the whole the intro starts off with like a big old movie theater of like I kind of put all the bad kind of stereotypes I've ever seen of like when you go to a movie theater, and you're like, oh great, the, these people are here. These you know the, the old people being loud, the people running up and down the stairs, throwing stuff, leaving trash everywhere, all that stuff. I kind of combined into those like a-holes. one. Those just crazy people that just want to ruin good time, you know, cinema. Mm. That's the reason we're getting all digital people. Are you a holes? <laughs> There's always somebody out there to ruin the fun, but um, they yeah. really are, man. Um. Yeah, so definitely go check that out. Uh, and if you're like, hey, I don't know where to find it, what did he say? The links are down below. So you got all kinds of – you get links to Old Man Orange as well and um, oldmanorange.com and all kinds of fun stuff. So links down below. Go find that stuff. Stay tuned for all kinds of new via VHS stuff that we're going to be doing here soon and maybe some extracurricular stuff and you know coming throughout the summer. We'll see what's going to go on with that. But anyway – Thanks for listening. Uh, find us at um, find us on Twitter at via VHS. Find us on Instagram at via VHS Pod. And with that, via VHS is out.